Welcome to the Holy Spirit's Curriculum of Joy podcast. My name is Wanaka Oberhuber, and I'm your host. My guest today, to introduce himself now. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? This is Reverend Devin Jesse Byrne. Yeah, nice to hear you. Yeah. Would you like to introduce how you got to know A Course in Miracles and how you have changed your view of the world through it? Yeah, well, it's it's definitely a story. Uh, definitely that second part. <laughs> I <laughs> when I first got to A Course in Miracles, I was actually into alternative therapies. I just became a massage therapist and uh, began classes in Reiki. And, and uh, so I started interviewing people. This was about 2005. And I had a podcast like this, interviewing people about different modalities and just looking for anything. I was fairly new to the internet as well. And I was just looking for anything I could find. And I was about 10 interviews in, some pretty interesting stuff. And I came to a tarot card reader, which was questionable for me. I was actually raised as a, the mainstream Mormon religion here in Utah. And to even open up to such a contradictory idea as curious, and then she told me, she went off about me being some sort of warlock in the past life and all this great stuff, which I was all intrigued about. And then she told me to do A Course in Miracles, that I really need to get into that. And I'm like, oh, great. What, what is it? And she had no idea. <laughs> so I was looking on the Internet as well as I was able at the time for A Course in Miracles as skipping over the whole book reference i was thinking it was like a month-long course in india or something looking for something and uh, it wasn't until probably the following week that i was walking through barnes and noble not even thinking about it and there was a whole stack of the small blue book uh, course of miracles international and i was Realized it was it. I was just awestricken, and I, <laughs> I got a copy of it. I even realized what I was looking for now, and looking all over, I, I ordered the CDs for, uh, I decided to change my podcast. I got out of that therapy of the soul and went into I Am A Course in Miracles. Started on my birthday, March 2nd, uh, that year. And I was just doing the lessons as much as I was able. I mean, at first it wasn't even about it. I was getting all this other stuff going on and energy work and everything. And it, it started taking over. <laughs> everything else started going to the wayside. And I was just blown away every time listening to the audiobook all the time, all day, just taking notes. It was just like I was awestricken all the time. And it was a my mind was just adjusting and shifting. And I never felt this before because, I mean, not only is A Course in Miracles profound, 
but in the same right that uh, I, I never was much of a reader. I was always dyslexic and had problems reading. I, I really didn't uh, ever really read a book at all. And as much as I've dabbled and read mostly the Bible and the Book of Mormon, um, but it, it was just, you know, stories, nothing real poppin' miraculous. Yes, there was stories of mir miracles, but that's a whole lot different than to actually experience the shifting of your mind occurring when things make absolute sense to you. It's like my mind was made to understand A Course in Miracles, and I never understood why I didn't fit into understanding society properly, and as they would say. I mean, so I found my place, and it, it just, I fit right in. It was beautiful. Wow, yeah, very beautiful. <laughs> yeah, then let's get into the second part, huh? All right. <laughs> So you got me just telling the story here. Okay. <laughs> so the as far as how did it change my life? Yeah, how you changed your view of the world by by having a course in your life. Yeah, over as far as looking at it, looking back, there was several changes, not only in where I live and all these different things, but perspective on what the world means and what the world represents and looks like. <clears throat> I would almost say several, maybe seven different perspection shifts and adjustments into my perceptual reality. <clears throat> Pretty mind-blowing. Um, so as far as getting right into it, I was already... I feel like I massage therapy, I got familiar with the body. It was something that worked with me. It was beautiful. And then I got into energy work, became a Reiki master, and uh, got familiar with energy and the spirit and seeing auras and all this wonderful stuff. And I know in lesson 12, when I got into A Course of Miracles, when I was saying about the seeing the white light around objects, very familiar. To me at that time it was pretty amazing as i started realizing i was i took classes in the body then i took classes in the soul and now i was taking classes in the depth of consciousness and uh, really expanding my mind into this big consciousness alternate christ reality and it, it was just so much shifting and adjusting at that same time, uh, David Hoffmeister started making presents in Utah, and I am in Utah, so I started uh, going there to help and learning a lot from them, being able to participate, and, and it was definitely helpful. There was a, a time, I know David had us sitting in a circle, and we were talking about getting into Lesson 7, you know, where the about the cup and to actually experience about the cup that you're not really seeing anything you're just seeing the past and we were looking at a chair because that's what we had there and we all together there was quite a number of us maybe 30 and 
we were just together looking at the chair and, and gazing into it and letting go of all of our definitions of the chair, past ideas of the chair and what a chair is for and hoping to kind of just loosen up and allow ourselves to simply see the chair as it is and just let the chair be what it was. Mind you, there was a circle of us people, body people, around this chair. And I, as I was looking at it, I started seeing this fluttering as, yes, my vision was becoming blurred from staring at a chair. And then it started becoming this white, uh, kind of clear, kind of foggy. You can still blame on the body's eyes, you know, just because you're staring at something. But then when I started seeing this fluttering of the chair where I literally started seeing the presence of the other's feet behind it, which I couldn't see previously, I started realizing that it wasn't just my eyes and it wasn't just them getting dry. I wanted to blink and all this stuff. But then I was actually starting to see beyond the definition of a chair. And I was starting to recognize that there was no chair. And as it was specifically focused on the chair, I was trying to seeing feet and the people's legs and, and David specifically was on the other side as well. And, and it was a pretty miraculous experience for only being still within the lessons for the first time. So eager to learn and wanting to recognize this vision in which is offered by A Course in Miracles. Uh, I, I really felt that was probably my first big uh, change in, uh, say, representation in the physical world to start really seeing. I, I had just got evidence of that there is some truth to this. And it wasn't just a good feeling. It wasn't just an aha. And it wasn't just a realization or some discovery of information, as a lot of course understanding seems to be, but to actually have, wow, there's experience there. There's actually experience. Yeah, it led me down the road to um, shortly after I actually uh, left my wife and set on the road to travel. It started off going to a devotional back when David used to do that and more with the uh, the messengers of peace peace and we spent a few weeks together i think it was a month in canada it was a beautiful experience of healing and just so much so much there and so much to to learn it started out the travels that i was going in and out of that community and going with different people and as I had that A Course in Miracles podcast, it was finished at that time, but um, it, was, it went well. I learned, I met a lot of people online and started traveling around what ended up to be around five years as a somewhat independence-inspired monk and essentially attempting to see the world in the same way I saw that chair. And it, it brought me to multiple experiences but uh, definitely a climaxing death experience.
that's your cue to talk there because I'm, I'm going to take a drink. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very appropriate way of shifting. I mean, seeing things as not there in the sense that we who grew up with, right? As disappearing when you choose to let go of your definition of what something is. Yeah, very powerful. Yeah. It essentially is the whole definition of the entire existence. The only way we actually see anything and, and feel and taste and smell is through the mind's definitions which shape it and form it and people the world. Pretty remarkable. Yeah, sure is. So you're going to start about um, a near-death experience. Yeah, I always kind of correct people because uh, I, I, it was a death experience, not so much a near-death experience. Getting into definitions again, mostly because it it is okay. often misunderstood. Um, usually, people come back and say how they have had that exact experience and. You know, I, they might have, yes, um, but it, it didn't involve any car accident, didn't involve any crazy uh, thing. Didn't, no heart attack happened or anything like that. Um, in fact, as I was traveling, I was attempting to literally put myself in difficulties and find problems so that I had more to forgive. And so I was trying to forgive everything. And uh, I, I even would... Somewhat as far as if, if it felt good, just kind of go with the flow of things and allow things to happen. And I haven't had support for the last uh, three years traveling with someone who was helping and assisting, taking care of kind of the worldly matters while I could focus on what I was doing. And it was very helpful. But also uh, I found very irritating in so many different ways, which is, again, helpful because that's what I was attempting to do. I wanted to forgive all of these judgments and beliefs and keeping me from knowing the truth of what God is. And so as I did, uh, I was healing and forgiving, doing all, you know, everything, anything that came my way. Uh, I was meditating at the time and I noticed a little twinge of irritation came up as she comes storming in the room, saying whatever she was saying. I just noticed I was irritated. And so I forgave and let go of that irritation the same way I've been practicing. And it was in that moment that I realized that that was, that, that was the last one. And it was pretty intense because... Uh, According to her, I uh, flopped down in seizure, and she somehow moved me to the bed, and it just was going for like three minutes or so, three to five, I don't know, her story. But for me, my life started flashing before my eyes, and it was almost as if I was in review of every last little thing that I've ever experienced in the world. And 
at that time, I could not see any of it as anything but beautiful and wonderful. And the presence of that seizure also, it was a sense of, it was just like obliterating joy. And I just felt absolutely nothing but wonderful, happy experience. And I always compare it to the happiest day of my life as a child. I remember having some, a lot of fun and just enjoying everything. That didn't even come, I would say, maybe 10% to the amount of joy I was feeling. It's probably less, I don't know. And it was just absolutely blowing me away as I was viewing all of these experiences that I previously could have said that they were negative experiences and positive experiences and just a multitude of experiences. And everything was just so beautiful and so lovely, as if I had another opportunity to essentially see a resentment, see a grievance there. And I saw none. I saw just absolute perfection, as if it was good. It was all good. And as I entered, uh, going even to reviewing as, as an infant, and then even in the womb and being born, but even coming into the womb and remembering that, it was just still the same beautiful experience. And throughout this whole time, as the life was going somewhat reverse, uh, it was also getting brighter and brighter and brighter, and the joy was getting more profound. And as I was coming to that space, it was as if only thing that was now was this bright light and I could see why people explain it like a tunnel because it's so much brighter what seems to be in the center than what is as it dissipates its brightness around as like this tunnel of emptiness in between and going closer and closer to that light now, it's very hard to explain because in what I do with the stories, when I tell the story of it, I get into physical form kind of identification to tell the story so that people can understand. But it is beyond form and beyond construct. And there is a lot of different uh, variations to it as well on top of each other. So it's not strictly what I'm going to tell you and share with you, but I'm willing to get be deeper into it. Yeah. But there was uh, essentially a review of a previous life as, say, energetic elemental type souls. And in review of that, I also came to a council where I was accepting of a purpose, a council in heaven, and in the in review of this, it was as if now I'm going to be shown what I'm going to live as this life of Devon. And so then my life flashed before my eyes now forwardly, and I saw what is futures, and I, that's plural, 
as I even saw what would be considered variations of Devon's past and different options and what is to come and what essentially they all kind of lead to the same scenario. And that I was in that moment in that council of heaven accepting of a role of simply just an experience that I would be one of the many variations of these experiences to share with the totality of the knowledge of all that is. And as I saw that future, um, without words, it was in communication that in order to return to this or to accept this, it was required that I had resentments and grievances because I could not know the world, I could not be in the world or experience the world without resentments and grievances or somehow a definition or a judgment in order to make separation. And so I had to accept an idea of separation again in that moment in order to come back to experience these futures. And so as I did, I, I accepted two things that were pretty profound about just regretting that I wouldn't have the family I saw, which I'm working on now, and, um, and fulfilling the, the teaching purpose that I saw. I, so I resented and grieved both of these, and instantaneously the whole thing stopped. Everything ended, and I came completely coherent and back back to the world <laughs> wow so so it was like a judgment of what was to come are you saying that that kept you that brought you back um yeah i uh, i mean that's that's a good way as far as just having an idea so as far as resentments and grievances are manifestations of the judgments of separation and so i i learned that the the world the physical universe disappeared for me and i couldn't fulfill what i wanted to as that as far as just the purpose of simply being a role unless i had some more resentments and grievances so i did have to have this idea of separation in order to experience it this way. And it, it really changed my perspective because um, as there was more to it, of course, um, but to realize that we are all in this because we want to be in this. And it's not so much that as we're doing A Course in Miracles, often we want to get out of the dream, the illusion, and it's a bit of a misunderstanding as much as I come all for that because that's what I was doing. Uh, it's, you know, we're the, we're the totality. We're the son of God. We have all the power to do exactly that if we wanted to. And so about it. <laughs> it's more so to recognize who we are that has that, say, power, that has that authority, that is the dreamer of the dream. And then to go from there to live this in a sense of, I remember who I am and I am fulfilling a purpose. And even though it's our own 
self-made purpose. We have eternity. You know, we have eternity to play with. And we've had eternity. And this will not be happening. Even an illusion, and a distortion, whatever, if we didn't want it to be. And it will end when we don't want it to be. Wow, yeah, that, that is a really beautiful message there. Yeah. To affirm choice in this. And to really be... Yeah, I mean... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can go well, ahead. Well, to really it. recognize that <laughs> it's not so much, you know, ego, personality, choice. But that authority of Christ's choice. And, you know, to me, of course, the miracle's purpose is to discover that reality again. And it is entirely reachable and palpable for anybody that actually honestly wants to reach it. And it's not about reaching it again and again and again and again. It's about coming back from it. So in that moment, I was, I was seeking it. I was trying to get out of the dream, trying to discover the truth trying to forgive it all and now I'm coming back into the dream I'm I have to put effort every day to be here because I want to fulfill this purpose before I used to have to put effort to get out as if it was a struggle hard I was just addicted to the world and now yes I'm addicted to the world but in the way of fulfilling this purpose that I have to fulfill as much as we all do. Yeah. Very, very different perspective than I've heard so far about, about this coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Um, I would like to add some statements because in the course we have the Holy Spirit described as one who can see the dream and see yes. it for what it is, right? And, and, and comes with this purpose mm -hmm. as well, right? Of, of guiding us back home, guiding everyone back home. There's no one left out of that. And yet that has already happened. So it sounds like you are coming from that perspective of it as already yeah. happened, and yet you are yes. seeing the dream and being able to interact with this, even yes. though you see what it is, Beautiful. see yes. it for what it is. So it sounds a lot like what the Course is describing as the Holy Spirit's perspective, so you must have have a strong connection That's, to the Holy Spirit Yes, now. a beautiful um, connection that you've made to that. Uh, and I would say absolutely. Now, the Holy Spirit, um, because I've come from Christianity and Mormonism calls it the Holy Ghost specifically, and they attempt to make it into a specific entity as in another person, making everything into bodies. So I, as recognition of that, and that even referring to that council in heaven, as it's beyond form and construct, it is all one thing, just simply frequencies. 
and expression of the same one essence in multiple, say, archetypes and characters. And so I refer to it as the holy spiritual universe, and that's with a W, uh, being whole and complete. And so anybody that's really in that mm -hmm. perspective of recognizing the holy spiritual universe as this unity of energy of all that is, uh, you can see that it's the middle ground as well. It's not specifically the relationship between the Father and the Son, but it is the representation of that relationship. And so it sees the dream and it sees the dreamer and the reality of it. And so it knows both and it quite literally represents it. It is the imagery in which we make in our minds. And so it's all our own experience of what we're willing to understand. And it comes down to that, like, how much are we willing to expand and let go of previous definitions, previous understandings to expand into that and through that. And of course, in miracles is often cling to like another set of definitions. And so people have this difficulty as well, recognizing it's beyond definitions and shapes and forms because we like to insist, because that's what the ego is, is a tool to make shape and form. It, it's doing its job very well, and it distorts all things, including, of course, in miracles, into, you know, essentially misunderstanding. It's natural. Yeah. Um, I have to think about it a little. There's a um, view of it as it says the words of A Course in Miracles are already twice yes. removed from the truth, right? I remember well, correctly yeah. in the text. All, all words. And yeah, so, all words. Or, yeah, all words, yeah. But it, it, it speaks about it in the book. And so, yes, imagery is the words are closer to truth probably than the imagery themselves but anyways the the holy spirit or as you call the whole universal spirit is using all this imagery and all these words to yeah bring us back home right yeah so so no matter how much the ego distorted or, or the thought yes. of separation has distorted it is not it's not something that yes. the holy spirit is fighting Beautiful. it's actually it's actually in support of exactly the whole yeah. thing and using it so it's actually a cooperation it's beautifully reality. said i think uh, as far as to elaborate a little bit on what I was referring to in the ideas of it, like to get into holy encounters and that the Holy Spirit is the relationship of the Father and Son. So right now I'm, there's the presence of the I am and then it's expanded and explored through the representation of the Holy Spiritual Universe and the essence of what is all that is, which is God. And the communication device 
is referred to as the voice of God, and that is the holy spiritual universe. It represents it. And so when there's a holy encounter, not referring to, say, with another person, you start to have this realizing God, realizing the spirit there, having this beautiful experience. Well, what you're doing is starting to recognize, said the presence of all that is, which is God, in that. And so you start to recognize this has always been a relationship with God. And that it's a, this is a representative of quite literally the voice of God. And so he starts seeing past and through the illusion of the imagery. And you start recognizing it's always been my relationship with God. Now, I bring that up because the um, using our images, as you're referring to, of what the Holy Spirit's purpose is, is that our images have changed, even as the ideas of, say, uh, evolution. But in the sense of even going back to the Garden of Eden, where we used to not only walk with God as one entity, we walked with God with all the animals and all the trees and all the every element, every existence. We weren't even bodies at the time. And we were in constant communication with God through that Holy Spirit representation of a garden. And so as much of a holy encounter was in a sheep as it was in a frog and a leaf and a tree, and it wasn't anything really a separate essence. It was just a relationship. And so the knowledge of good and evil was the idea of separation, that I'll have a body and now be able to die. And so in that experience of forgetting that there was, say, God's communication here always. So that, as far as it's always speaking, it's always calling. And it's really only those who are willing to listen, those who are willing to follow, that they can make any encounter into a holy encounter. They can discover God's relationship with ourselves right there through anyone, through anything, even through you in this moment. Yes, that's that's, uh, that's one of the most uh, profound lessons in A Course in Miracles is this, that we can return home through our seeing um, love everywhere, right? And everyone and changing our view of ourselves that way as well. So our relationship with God, in other words, yes. It's very, very, very beautiful. And I'm very thankful that the Course has put relationships at the center because it's one of our, yeah, we are always in a relationship, so to speak, in communion, in connection. And and I think I, I said it in advance before we started talking, I said to recognize our oneness. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, it is uh, definitely a, something that can only really happen in, in, say, my own mind, as I referred to it. That oneness and moving in through all these different layers and dimensions of perspective to discovering that everything I see and everyone I talk to and everyone I hear is all 
the same say manifestation of my own thinking my own mind and to refer to my own is no no longer my own at that point yeah we the the interest of what one previously thought was another or something else becomes your own yes because you realize that it's one I think that's really well described in A Course in Miracles, that dynamic. Yeah, so uh, yeah. it's changed my life a little bit, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> so uh, you were speaking of, of going towards having a family and yeah. teaching, right? Um, I have how, two toddlers of my own now, and uh, here with my wife, we just uh, celebrated our fourth anniversary, and she has four stepkids that we see, hopefully see today, and uh, definitely have had all sorts of encounters of uh, <laughs> holy encounters and the third encounters. Um, just all sorts of experiences there but uh, i i love every single day i even took my toddlers out camping yesterday that it's just a absolutely beautiful um manifestation of just seeing this embodiment happen and be there and to share in this unique way that i i remember when i was first feeling this need and this calling and seeing that family it was an, a structure that i've i was saying that i've never had a family like this before and i i thought it was referring to the family but uh, i'm pretty sure it's having my perspective that i have and a family at the same time because it's usually uh separated as i as these people on this journey usually trying to be monks and just transcend the world in some other fashion and likely do so but aren't usually being a family man at the same time uh, as as much as there is always healing and forgiving all throughout this um i i have to make sure and keep myself in the in the way that if i am going to keep doing this and if it's going to keep happening that I am responsible for everything and that all of this is the joining and the relationship with God. And I, I'm just currently choosing to see it in this form, seeing it in this construct. It is an illusion, but it's enjoyable nevertheless. Yeah, because it's serving the purpose. It right? does have a purpose. Uh, and that uh, essentially I would yeah. refer to as exploration and um, as far as what it is to know the totality of all variations an infinite variety of options and if you think about all the infinite variations of all options of everything uh, only a fraction of that is physical construct 
And there is so much more to all possibilities than just physical construct. But there is a whole lot within it as well. And just in this unfolding experience of it, it's just simply a, a firsthand experience for that all that all that is for God to know itself and to recognize what all that it is to us firsthand experiencers and all that could be but to it it's all completed of course yeah that's beautiful i i, I thought when you told me you had toddlers right and family i thought a good topic to talk about is parenting in connection with the, the yeah. living of course in America. Well, there's definitely two aspects right. of it. Um, there's you want to try to be inspirational and try to help the children to see. Um, but then there's also, of course, my own experience and and what I'm doing and what I'm thinking and how this is influencing me and and as much as they're kind of the same thing, a big part of it I recognized is that even as I did go on this journey of coming into the world and getting into the world excited about things, wanting to learn the alphabet and build with sand and, and do these cool things and artwork and really learn how to use my hands, learn how to run and all this really learning how to use a limited experience and then it just brought me to now i wanted to learn this limitlessness i wanted to learn how to get out of the body get out of art and everything and so i i realized then that these bodies coming in are here to learn limitations and as much as I want to teach them early, I want to, as I yes, I, I really only can by example and give tidbits, but they're here to learn how to use bodies and how to be limited, because essentially, they they know how to be spirit already, and they came to learn bodies, and now when they're done with bodies and they show that interest for spirit again, then we can do that together. We can. I can show them as much as spirit will naturally be showing them and inspiring them through that. So learning limitlessness again. And we all really did that. And uh, some of us might still be on that journey of either direction. But it's a beautiful thing to see and to recognize that it's not, it's not like a death sentence. I mean, everything is, but it's not like the end of the world if they're going to be bodies if they're going to be ego uh, it's too late honestly uh, it's it's happening and it's not a problem we like to project our ideas of guilt and shame and all these things onto a course of miracles words and insist that the dream and the ego is a bad thing of course never can state anything being a bad thing uh, that's that's a misunderstanding that it's in fact just simply saying and stating this is something, a, say a mechanism, a tool that you can perceive the universe in this physical form and this construct and 
for a time being, experience bodies, just like anything else, it will pass away and it will serve its purpose of experiencing and exploring different options. Yeah. And maybe we should go a little bit into the specifics of, of parenting and practicing the teachings of A Course in Miracles in our lives. Because, you know, I was wondering, do you speak uh, about A Course way, in Miracles so with your kids? The elder ones, the four stepkids, I get to see on the weekends and not entirely interested. They've definitely been raised a different way and uh, a whole different experience. Uh, I have definitely had opportunities, and I talked a little bit here and there, but uh, they also, in that sense of, say, resistant to the, most likely, usually, the Christian terminology, uh, as we see so often, because, you know, it says God and Jesus, and you're like, oh, closing those doors already. And um, as far as the toddlers go, I have... A five-year-old tomorrow. He's five. Actually, have a birthday party we're going to tonight, and then a three-year-old. So, as much as I love it, the the other day I was just mentioning as we were camping that how just to inspire a little bit, I was mentioning how all the trees and the leaves are all connected, and that it's all joined together in this network of energy, and every word I was saying, my three-year-old, he's like, oh, 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 what? Oh. <laughs> and I don't know if it was just having a reaction to it, just kind of saying I'm listening, or, or he was just feeling something. It was pretty amazing to see it happening. But I, I definitely look forward to the time in which my younger ones will be more interested as well. And I, I also, you know, I'm developing all these courses online and I, I'm hoping that they, as far as remain as this legacy for my, my children to participate as well someday. It's going to be great. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to my ask. My children you. certainly are interested as well. Sorry, go ahead. I talk I about it. Yeah. Yeah, when I talk about A Course in Miracles or that I'm, that I have this podcast, right? And what yeah, what are their ages? About it. So, um, eight and the other one is, no, wait, this, yeah, seven and, yeah, she's still eight, but she's turning nine. That's why yes. I have that number confusion. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, sharing about A Course in Miracles is very important to me. And that's something that yeah. my kids notice. Right. And of course, I am, I'm on the journey. So I'm far from, from having forgiven everything. And of course, we're, we wouldn't be able to teach without some last thing not yeah. forgiven right even if it's one little shred right like you said yeah it's interesting <laughs> um 
I mean, as far as like grief, uh, forgiving it, just to put in there a little bit is it's a whole nother type of forgiveness to be here again, you know, and to recognize that even for everyone, then yes, it's about getting out of the dream, but that was also say a temptation of another aspect to forgive and to be here that it's not just about resentments and grievances, but to forgive the idea that, you know, I can escape anywhere. That illusions is not the reality. That this is heaven, this is God everywhere. And you can't escape heaven. You are always in heaven. So the only thing that I was attempting to escape was heaven. Yeah. Even though I misunderstood it as illusions. Yeah, that does make sense because we are we are these spiritual beings, right? We are this oneness. We all already have achieved everything we could ever yeah, we couldn't even dream of because it's real. Yeah. So we know, right? So this experience of a of a place in which Things appear incomplete, right, or uh, and not whole, is a very odd one to us in reality, right? Yeah. It feels off, and this offness is the what is not not forgiven, right? It's that's what we are letting go of as we move for uh, move forward if we want when we think in terms of time, even if time ultimately doesn't make yeah. any sense except well, I mean that's the whole device. point of it as far as yes there's whole and complete reality here now yes that's true but the eyes can't view themselves let's say now you can't look at yourself and so the whole separation experience even as this physical separation appears to be showing us is now we can explore it. Now we can see it and experience it. The totality of all that is, say that I, can't know itself because it is itself. And so the Son of God was developed as something to look at and something to look with. And then now there's an experience between the two. Now they can experience each other. And that's where the whole representation of the spiritual universe came in. Now we can have relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole idea yeah. of extending, right? Extending love in a nutshell. And even though as what yeah. say God is, is all of it and is the sun and is the spirit and is everything unified the they have different functions and it is the one total essence and therefore has all functions has all capabilities all all of it and therefore really in that by definition is nothing and then the son of god is the same the likeness of that but in a in a way where it's just a part so that it can experience 
being apart, so it can experience what it is inside itself. And then the Holy Spiritual Universe is that representative of giving it image, giving it shape, as at first it was just light. It was just frequencies. It was just rays extending off of itself. And it just represents the Son of God's mind. So even while it has an, the Son of God had an idea of separation, making that same imagery that is neutral, it became physical construct. It peopled the world, as the Course likes to put it. And it made it into the separation physical construct. But it is still the same Father and Son and Holy Spirit. It always has been. fascinating imagery right of how to see this because we are we experience ourselves in, in, in a plural way right on the one hand we're experiencing what the course is describing as the dream right and on the other we have this this in us to experience yeah. a totality of oneness at homeness, safety, certainty, trust, yeah. all of this is there. And so this this striving from from this oneness, totality, trust and so on is dropping away from that perspective, right? And 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 yet because of that dropping away, the the purpose becomes ever clearer. So you're actually acting much more purposefully yeah. and clearly. And this is yeah, very, man. very fascinating, right? Because all these, all these distractions yeah, way, are dropping It feels away. like uh, kind of deja vu is almost all the time. Um, it's hard to explain, but it's like not constant, but as if I had 10,000 deja vus in a day. And it's just like remembering yourself because everything you're seeing is just an idea construct that you have within yourself. And so as you see and realize, oh, I've lived this before, as deja vu has been described as, which I completely relate with, really what you're seeing is, oh, I, I see myself here. I recognize myself here. I've thought of this before because I've thought of a self, having a self. And then it's revealing continuously of yourself and the Father. Yeah, that, that's that that's the perspective where where this feeling of strangeness drops away. Yeah, right? I like that. Because you recognize yourself. You recognize what's going on as, uh, yeah, as, as home, as something you know, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not a stranger anymore. Because many of us, we, we have this experience yeah. of being a stranger to ourselves. And, and so you're describing an experience of actually knowing oneself recognizing oneself and everything that is yeah. going on 
whether dream or not. Yeah, I mean, everything has a correspondence of a thought, a correspondence of some either conscious or subconscious uh, construct of a thought. And even when it gets to a thought layer or the level of a thought, it's already a multitude of thoughts. It's already so much there. And so you can palpably recognize, as as on my journey, I spent a lot of time meditating and, and going to these meditation retreats and stuff, trying to find it there, do it there, just all opportunities to forgive more. And you start recognizing that this, yes, uh, even this object, uh, say this computer screen I'm looking at right here, has you know as much as we can say a trillion probably tens of trillions of atoms in it in correspondence and correlation to that there's almost just as many thoughts and all of those thoughts are definitions just like that cup and that chair and all those definitions are what is making it these atoms and energy making it look like a computer screen it's a very fascinating thing to recognize that I don't actually see a computer screen. Yeah. I think a computer screen. I like that. Yeah, that's a very, very positive way of recognizing the power of thought. Yeah. And, and The Course in Miracles is very clear about that. Everything is about recognizing the power of your thought, of your thoughts, for the thought, as as it probably, with time, yeah. becomes just the thought, right? Not many. Yeah. But, but for now, yeah, it's just it the appears whole to be process many of it. As far as those layers, like that's a dimension of thoughts. There's many, and then there's fewer, and then there's this one constant presence of a thought, and you almost find and discover that's. That's what I am. I am the thought in the mind of God. Yeah. I love the, the passages about how we are safe in the mind of God, how this thought that we are is safe in the mind mm -hmm. of God, and the mind of God is also a thought. And it's a, an eternal thought. Yeah, it's beautiful. And we are too. It's definitely a labyrinth of an experience we just... Yeah, minds can go all that. over the place with it, and it's just going deeper and closer to the center. Yeah, exactly. That's so beautiful. Yeah, so, so I also feel it's a beautiful thing to practice these the teachings of A Course in Miracles and actually experience the difference in the dream yeah, as well it's crucial to have experience i'm yeah. very big on experience like the courses i'm teaching are coming from all different perspectives trying to get all different ways of life into reaching the same one truth and that it's i want first-hand experience it's not about dogmas it's not about faith it's not about books it's it all needs to be put down that it's really just about your first-hand experience of, of this truth and of discovering it for yourself. It's very important. 
Yes, absolutely. And the the thing that I think is so wonderful is in A Course of Miracles, you actually recognize an experience that you've had. Yeah. That you already have or are having. And that, that's uh, what I think is its so profound because these words actually remind you yes. of what you already know. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, they wouldn't have any, yeah, they wouldn't mean anything to us or wouldn't feel like any, yeah. we wouldn't even want to read them. Be honest. There is a passage that comes to mind about, um, I want to say if it was fear of death, I don't think it's death, so I'm going to paraphrase of the fact that we are not really afraid of death and afraid of the unknown, but that we are actually afraid of what we do know. And, and that's the kind of the key there is like, I was trying to get to the unknown, and now I've had my experience of recognizing totality of all that is, and it's like, now I know, now I want to realize this whole experience of life, and that we're not really afraid of, uh, or afraid of the unknown, but that we're actually choosing and selecting what we currently want to experience. And so when you have an awakening experience, you really are just no longer choosing to hide yourself from it, but that you deserve it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a very important fact. It, it speaks about how you're more afraid of the, you're afraid of the yeah. light that you are, right? So of who you are, like you said, right? And and then it turns out that that fear is one that you can actually let go. And it doesn't have to stay that way. And that, yeah. that's the beauty of it. So it always gets easier, it, right, it to does. look at yourself. Yet the fear gets actually stronger. Yourself. It's more intense, absolutely, because um, even as the, what was the, say, fear of death, and it seems like, oh, I don't, I'm afraid I'm going to die, like as if the world's still going to be here. It, it kind of expands into, oh, that, you know, save the world. And then there's a different one as far as the disappearance of the universe. And we realize that the fear of the disappearance of the universe is like quite literally that I'm the end of the world. I'm the destroyer of all that is. And that can be daunting when you realize that, because you have this attachment connection to people and to things and how all this beautiful experience is happening. And it can be intense to think about that if I really let this all go, truth that yes, it's not actually losing anything, it's not actually gone, but in that sense of recognizing that do I really want to be the end of the world? And it definitely, it, it's a battle with fear, absolutely. But it can be just changed in the blink of an eye, as you were saying. It can be just let go. You can let go of that as well. 
as you recognize it as it actually is and recognize you can't this there's no disappearance of heaven it's only a disappearance of the universe the way you think heaven is It's, it's only a change of, so to speak, it's not a change of definition, but it's a disappearance of defining and allowing what is to be. Yeah. Whatever it is, because we we know what it is and why, and, and that's yeah. the funny thing, that we're afraid of what we actually already know, like you said, right? It is beautiful. I'm just not going to tell anybody that it's not daunting. Yeah. Oh, it certainly is. Yeah, because it appears that way to to us, right? It may may very likely it's not daunting, right? It's just a exactly this yes. idea that it could be daunting might hold us back, right? So, so we're learning to no longer see it as daunting to let go of that and to allow it to be what it is what we already know it is instead of wanting to change that which which you know is the idea of separation anyways yes to want to change something so yeah and that's what the course is teaching about exactly. you know don't change the world change your mind like you about can't it can't change the world you can only change your mind about it so yeah you can't change saying, the world you never you have been able to change the world you've only ever changed your ideas about yourself yeah Yes, yes, exactly, or about God, as the Course in Miracles also states it. So it's only our ideas, the ideas about God, that put us in awe or make us afraid. It's not actually who God is or who we are. But these ideas, that these definitions that have made it appear different, but only in our minds, right? And only for for as yeah. long as we choose it to be that way. It's definitely a choice. And as long as we're just choosing that. And it, it, I like that it's referred to as a call, a calling even, and that very few actually respond to it. Because it's, it's a constant presence. It's a constant calling. And that you're yearning to understand. You think it's in this, you know, say this course mm -hmm. or going to school in this fashion or or getting this job and trying to always find the answer and the piece and figure it out. And yet it still remains to be calling. It's still calling to calling to get yeah. truth, calling to God, calling to understanding. And so it always feels like that yearning, that uh, it really is the presence of of that separation concept as if we're separate from the call and separate from the answer. Part of the experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
exactly. So this is the dynamic, right? Between the concept, the ideas that, or this idea that I could be different than I am, right? Um, is what's keeping me yeah. from experiencing myself at total peace. Yeah, when right? you definitely get practical, it, it starts branching out into different ways of understanding. And that's one reason I'm developing so many courses. I have hundreds of courses in development. And it's like people use different words and different phrasing and different referencing and have different problems. And, and so you take all those and you kind of take them in their own unique fashion of teaching how to forgive that specific thing and, and go in that direction. And it essentially is going to the same place. It's like starting on that journey. Uh, say the journey to the moon, as a lot of people reference to it as, uh, it all starts with that one step. And as long as you're just, okay, you're, you go that way. <laughs> you go that way. And that's, that's really all you can do. And some people will continue to walk that way. Some people turn and change direction. Some people back up and run the other way. And uh, you really just have to watch it and recognize that this is still all my current obsession of my own mind, that I have these ideas within me. I still run from the truth. I still strive for the truth. I still get confused by the idea of truth. I, and that it's all still in there. And I want it to be, or else it wouldn't be. Yeah. 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 The taking full responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I like okay. to joke yeah, how about many? I can speak many languages, right? Literally. Well, well, I, I I like to joke about the languages within the language, yeah. like speaking anthropology, oh, right. yeah. <laughs> speaking A Course in Miracles, <laughs> yeah. yeah, or or speaking no, no, physics, yeah, um, art, yeah, art. Yeah, or if, if it's physics, yeah, physics, or, or some math, I may have some inklings of math, right, language, and so on, right? Yeah. So there's actually within, even if it were just English, which it isn't for me, but if it were, I speak yeah. many languages, some very fluently, some less fluently, right? And there's so many more languages. And... And I'm never so I could I could spend a lifetime learning languages and trying to yeah. to translate from one language to another, right? If I wanted to, right? And that's why I like in A Course in Miracles, um, there's this statement that it's not about the form, but about the content. And that, that's what I was thinking of now, right? So actually, the content is what's important, and you can have many forms to communicate exactly. that content. Yes. Yeah, I, Many, many, multiple I, uh, forms. Back a few years ago, I 
was doing a lot of podcasting about taking it from different directions. And I, I have a podcast reinterpreting the Tao Te Ching in, into A Course in Miracles perspective and my understanding through my experience and and as well as the Diamond Sutra and Ho'opono Ono and all these different variations where it's it's all within there. Like and you just wanna point it to the tree. It all goes to the same place. And so it's it doesn't matter so much about what words are. it's more like just talking in the same words in which someone is currently obsessed with. You know, what are what are they thinking of? What do they like? Let me tell you about the truth of football. You know, it's like you find it in there. Yeah, that's a fun way to put it, you know. In, in anthropology, there's this okay. um, theory called habitus. I, I think it's Bourdieu is the scientist who came up with it. And it, it speaks about in various contexts, okay. you act differently according to the context. So if you're amongst people, um, amongst artists, right, and you're an artist as well, then you'll be acting in ways that fit there. And if, if, if I, while I was studying, for instance, I was amongst anthropology students, right? So yeah, I acted yeah. in a way that fit in there, right? But, but over, the, over the years, you know, I, I see it differently. You know, I'm just every language is actually the only function of that language is to be able to communicate who i am right so i'm actually sharing who i am in any context and so that the recognition of who i am is so important so i think that's what's so beautiful and so profound about a course in miracles that it says you can recognize who you are like with that you use the word equanimity, equanimity yeah, and peace of mind a strong uh, strong word used by the buddha gautama the buddha and uh, as far as the balance between cravings and aversions and uh, yes as far as also i like to call it reflection that i i feel very different depending on whom i'm with and I notice that it happens even more as you have less of yourself that you just kind of reflect and join in that relationship. Because as far as to me, it's about relationship with God everywhere. So if I see, see and experience someone a certain way, even before I talk to them or see them, I'm already acting and phrasing and responding in that fashion of, say, the energy of it. And, and joining in that, that we are both the same manifestation of that relationship and that we can join together through it if we just simply allow ourselves to not be, oh, I'm this so-and-so artist, whatever, and you're that so-and-so football player or something, and so we can't relate. Instead, if we don't have definitions, or at least one of us, we join on the same ideas and that it, that's what it's really about is the relationship to discover that we're really the same and that we are one with God.
Yeah, yeah, that's a very powerful way to to transcend this idea that I could be separate from someone else. Because many people appear to have totally different views on the world or to be so unapproachable for us, right? Because we think we don't know what it's all about. So, so seeing it the way you just described it um, should help yeah. to join with anyone and realize and recognize our oneness, no matter yeah. what is is happening within the dream. It's something natural. You can really feel it um, as long as you're not trying to define the situation or say this is good or bad or... I want to break you out of your shell or anything. And it's just like they do what they do, and you do what you do, and that you're just this whole representation of what the do we do, that everything we do, it does. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. I need to learn a lot about that. <laughs> at least have the impression there's a lot to move on. <laughs> yeah. It's natural. I still and do judge it's because, a Because, you know, it's the only way to be in this world. True. <laughs> yeah, there, there is a... There is a path, as A Course in Miracles describes it, toward the happy dream. Yes. And the happy dream is still a judgment, but it is one that that yes. enables us to wake up gently. It's, it's, there's a lot to it, and definitely a good topic to talk about for another hour sometime. <laughs> but... As far as, yes, the happy dreamer is yeah. a good segue to the reality of what is awakened. And it has only happy memories, only happy ideas, only happy judgments, but it is all still judgments. And to even say that is to reference to, oh, it's not a sad judgment. It's not a sap sad memory it's not a sad and so we have these ideas still yeah and then it's really just about recognizing yes. that as far as that segue moving into it recognizing that you can change and heal your past everything you believe that you feel like you've struggled with what holds you back from this truth are simply ideas and judgments of yourself keeping you in this definition of shape and form and construct so first is to recognize it is positive and it is loving and it is beautiful and then the next step is to recognize there is nothing that was beautiful there is nothing that was lovely there is nothing that was enjoyed that it never was but a judgment Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a 
that's an amazing thing to see yeah. because <laughs> yeah. you might it, yeah, think in the world, something to definitely. be afraid of. This is scary. It's like, right. this is why people unfriend me and block me. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so releasing these judgments, these happy judgments, right, is the last step, right? And that, yeah. and according to A Course in Miracles, that's the step that the parent takes for us, right? So all we need to do is, is release all these judgments. And then the more we release, the more happy judgments we make, right? Obviously, we continue make, to make judgments. And the happier they become, the closer we are to this place where yeah. the parent takes over and we are moved yeah. to heaven. So it's tricky as well, because I, I like to explain eye, it so as to speak. like a rainbow. So often we think of as a rainbow and these frequencies that red uh, is, is more, is, we even associate the color to the devil and stuff and evil and then we move up in these different ideas and understandings and and we want to get happier and happier and happier and then we get to violet and we're you know happy happy uh joyous experience and some people associate that color to jesus even and and that it appears to be all this separate stuff but then then that learning how to be happy gets into this alternate reality that last step is actually where all of the colors come from that it's not about being higher or closer or more to god in that sense or even happier it's about accepting of all the colors metaphorically speaking to recognize what the white light is before the prism that divides it to the colors so it's about recognizing an alternate dimension that is all the colors, mm. is all the frequencies. I find it helpful to explain in that fashion. Yeah, that is helpful yeah. to yeah. to realize that it's actually it's not better the happy judgment. Oh, right. Exactly. It, even scientifically, has, it just has less resistance. Um, as far as what the prism applies resistance to the light. And uh, so, yes, it's it's about being all of the frequencies, not rejecting in a, any of them. It's about being everything, accepting everything, not just, oh, I'm only going to accept the positive. A lot of people yes. think it's that way, and it's not. Well, thank you for this. Not I've really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. Me too. It was wonderful. Yeah, I think there's a lot to to take from our conversation, and I think yeah. our listeners will enjoy it. Yes. Now, how do you say your name again? Yeah, thank you. Wanako. That's great. Wanako. 
Yeah, Wanaka. Mm -hmm. So let's wrap it up then. Do you have anything well, you would like I mean, to I say add? If anybody wants to contact or me or has any questions like about, speak about what I've been referring to or anything, they can go to openandclear.com. And uh, you can, it's pretty simple. It's to live or to learn, to listen, and to do buttons and question button right there. Then all, all your answers should be available there. So. That's great. I, w I will add a little something before we um, say goodbye. So thank you all for listening. I would be appreciate if you um, rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. And I have a Facebook page that is also called The Holy Spirit's Curriculum of Joy. And you can actually comment on every show there too because we i write about every show there okay so have a wonderful yes, thank you day and till next time bye yeah bye bye